Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. Welcome back to MBS Fitness Radio. I am here with Debbie Mannon. Uh, Debbie has been training at MBS since January, February? February. All right, very cool. Uh, and so Debbie's son actually is one of our uh, trainers out in Cairoville. And um, we wanted to kind of talk through kind of Deb- Debbie's, um, her story of fitness, her story of success, and kind of learn about her journey. So say hey to Debbie. Hello. All right, very cool. So first, let's kind of give a, an overview of your fitness journey. What's things you've done? Uh, just kind of give us your life life story with life regards to fitness. story in yeah. a brief. Yeah. Okay. So I guess thinking back through childhood, I was not like a huge fitness guru. I did play some softball okay. when I was a kid and um, some intramural softball in college, uh, co-ed intramural. So that's about all I've done as far as sports, organized sport. Okay. Well, I say organized. Uh, gymnastics. Yeah. I got into gymnastics. I really loved gymnastics from the time, like, when I was four years old watching the Olympics and Nadia Kamenich was ah, there. Yeah, so okay. I'm in the in my family's uh, foyer on the little tiles and doing the balance beam routine along my tiles. And nice. On that. Um, loved that. But I didn't get to actually start gymnastics until I was about eight years old, which... Okay. If you're familiar with how all that works, that's way too late. A little late, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So L- Late if you want to go to the Olympics. So. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I got started at a real gymnastics training center when I was probably 10. Okay. So that didn't last too long. Even though I loved it, I was not actually being trained by the trainers. I was being trained by the other gymnasts. Gotcha. Because I was so far behind everybody. Mm. So uh, my love for gymnastics kind of dropped pretty quickly when that happened because I just wasn't getting the, yeah. the support and the encouragement and everything that I needed. But you, you liked to do gymnastics and wanted to, to get better, but they weren't willing to do that unless you were, you know, a potential Olympic hopeful, I guess. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't have potential at that point that's, because that was too late. That's unfortunate. Okay. I know. Um, were your parents into fitness or did they exercise or do anything growing up? No. Okay. No, I don't, I don't even remember my parents doing anything. I mean, no. we, camped and hiked through the woods but yeah. that's I mean there was nothing fitness oriented my brother didn't play sports so it was not really ingrained in the family okay you know fitness um activities it was just something that I you know like I said the softball I was interested in and, yeah, yeah and that's about it okay cool um so kind of went through uh high school and college doing softball mm-hmm. what happened when once you graduated um, didn't really do much of anything after graduation, got married, didn't really, you know, it was boating was our thing. Okay. So, which, you know, other than water Is that boat boating on a pontoon and drinking or is that boating <laughs> and like going skiing? That was boating and skiing. <laughs> one and is a caloric deficit, one's a caloric surplus. Right. <laughs> it was, uh, boating and skiing, but you know, generally you also boat and just float right okay it's too hot to do anything yeah, yeah. i got it okay <laughs> but yeah i did ski and and uh wakeboard and kneeboard and okay. did all those things but you know not enough of it on the weekend to to really count towards fitness gotcha okay so yeah what point did you kind of first go okay i'm, I'm gonna start exercising when did that um happen? 
That wasn't until after I went back to work in 2013. Okay. So I had, so I left work when my kids were born. Okay. Yeah. Um, because, well, not David, but my younger Michael was stubborn and didn't want to take a bottle. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it pretty much stopped my career yeah. at that point. And um, I was at home running a business out of the house. We we got into, my um, husband at the time and I got into basketball refereeing for a little while. Oh, something okay. that he wanted to do. And we got into it and had to get in shape really fast. Um, a lot of running back and forth, up and down the court. Okay. So um, as far as cardio there, that got me in some really good shape really quickly. And I was having fun doing it. Uh, but and you're refing... Um like rec league or high school? Middle school and high school. Okay, very cool. Yep. Awesome. I'm doing, uh, actually, in my second year, they were starting to put me in tournaments, district and regional tournaments, and they were grooming me, I ah, guess you okay. could say, to, cool. to move on, but um, had to leave that because of some family issues we were having. Okay. So how old are you at that time when you start doing this kind of refereeing stuff? Mm, probably right around 40. Okay, so 20 time. to 40, you weren't, you were just kind of doing the boat and stuff? Doing, yep. doing uh, raising kids, um, and then at forty, that's when you first started doing the referee stuff, mm -hmm. and and but pri primarily you're just getting in shape through running for to get ready for to run for, for basketball, to run yeah, back and forth <laughs> up and down the court, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So and 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 I felt good, yeah, you know, when I was doing it. So it, it was something. It was kind of it opened my eyes to the fact that wow, I feel better. Now that I'm in shape, right? Because you know, I wasn't really in bad shape before. I mean, I was in pretty good shape. Yeah. You know, I was pretty always been pretty kind of athletic. Yeah. Um, always wanted to play with my brothers and his friends. Yeah. You know, if they played football, I was wanting to play football. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you the younger? I'm the younger. Okay. Yeah. How yeah, many? He didn't want me hanging around, but. <laughs> how many brothers do you have? Just one brother. Okay. At what's the age difference? Uh, two years. Okay. I have a, uh, I have a four year old, a two and a half year old, and a. One one year old. So I have two boys and mm -hmm. then a little girl. And the reason I asked is like I'm kind of yeah, like she's trying gonna, to she's gonna tag along. I try to see into the future. I'm like I'm pretty sure she's yeah. gonna be like in the mix hard. So exactly. she's gonna be pretty tough. I would imagine. Whatever they want to do, she's gonna want to <laughs> yeah. do right there with them. Yeah. Okay. So. Um. All right. So you refereed for a little bit, and that was. Do you remember like a transition being of going? Ooh, this is hard. And I want to get better at it. Like, do you remember kind of like mentally what, what you were going through during the the process of like, I haven't been running at all to like now I'm, I'm running regularly for refereeing? Yeah, I started mm -hmm. running just in the neighborhood trying okay. to get used to it. And my first time running, I mean, I couldn't even run a half mile. Yeah. Um, and I would walk. I would try to fast walk. And then the next time I'd run, I might run three quarters of a mile. So I was just, you know, kind of doing the same route, seeing how far I could go. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and but, you know. Built up pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it didn't take much to get up to running a mile, mile and a half. Then I was working on my time. You know, can I get my time down? Yeah. Can I run faster? Um, so I was just, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm naturally competitive, so I'm naturally trying to push it. I was going to ask, like, because um, there's kind of two ways that that can go. It can be the uh, the motivating, like, competitive, I ran a half mile, not much if I ran three quarters, and, like, you're, you're pushing yourself to get better or the opposite of that is like, that sucked. I never want to do that. I go and I quit. <laughs> so I was like, like what's the mentality that like pushes you one way or the other. And I just like, it sounds like you, you've had kind of that competitive spirit in you at a young age from having older brothers and wanting to do gymnastics and wanting to do um, softball and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, if it was just running, I probably wouldn't keep pushing myself because to me, running's boring. Right. I'm just running and yeah. I'm by myself and, you know, there's just nothing going on. But in a basketball game, yeah. I mean, you're watching a basketball game. Yeah. You're watching these girls foul each other or guys, you yeah, yeah. guys' games. And, you know, it's, it's, there's excitement to yeah. it. Um, you know, and you're watching for things that you probably wouldn't have thought to watch in a basketball game. Before, you know, before you might watch it for entertainment value. Now you're watching for certain things to happen. Yeah. Um, and in anticipating. And so that to me was the excitement factor of wanting to run and wanting to get my, my running better. Yes. You enjoy doing the refereeing. And then mm-hmm. you're like, if I, if I go and run, I'm a better equipped to, to do this basketball game. Yeah, to <coughs> get cool. ahead of them. Okay. You got to get ahead, especially, you know, doing the girls games wasn't it so bad. You throw you in a boys game, you got to run down there and get ahead of them and get in front of the. Right. Play. Yeah. Yeah. So they're faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never thought about that. It's like, uh, um, yeah, you, you have to be able to keep pace at least like with these high level athletes. Yes. So. <laughs> okay, cool. And then the worst part was they did our training during the summer. Yeah. And so summer league, they didn't run plays. They were just running and gunning back <laughs> and forth, back and forth. And you get to the point where like, okay, somebody call a foul. Yeah. I'm, just gonna, I yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking harder for these fouls. Exactly. Now. I need a break. Okay. I'm going to blow the whistle anyway. <laughs> I don't care if there was a foul there. We're going to make one. <laughs> I like that. Okay. I'm going I'm to re- I'm re- remember that. It's like, that wasn't a real foul. You just needed a break. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, and so eventually you kind of stopped doing the refereeing. Um, did you keep exercising or kind of what happened then? Um, so stopping the refereeing was a very bad decision. Mm-hmm. Sent me into depression. Uh, gained 25 pounds. Just eating. Not happy. Just yeah. A lot of stuff going on, and I was miserable for a while. Uh, went back to work 2013, so what was that, nine years ago? So I was about 43 at the time. Okay. And when I so went... you had stopped refereeing. Stopped refereeing. Like how many years? Because you started refereeing at 40. How probably many? about two. Well, we did two years, so probably 40, 41. Okay. And then I was probably off for a year and a half and to two. Gotcha, and then went back yeah. to work. Cool. Yeah, and I went back to work, and, and the... I guess the precipitous there was had to buy a new wardrobe because I'd been out of work for mm, so yeah. long. And when I started buying clothes, I was like, nope, no, <laughs> no this is not happening. I'm not willing to buy that size. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I had a, I had a, a, a ceiling yeah, on yeah. my size and I'm like, no, no, I'm going to lose weight. Fair enough. Um, so. Well, okay. Do you, how much of the kind of psychological, um, depression like how much of the the psychological decline do you think was was physiologically based meaning like a now lacking exercise because i yeah. think you said you had some family stuff going on so yes. i'm sure that played into it but like i mean how much of it you think was just uh going from getting this regular exercise to nothing to nothing or and the physiological i am exercising that's producing uh responses in my body but also like the psychological aspect of exercising this is fun i see myself getting fitter i'm doing this thing i enjoy like how do you right. see it how do you feel like all that impacted it <laughs> um I, th- I would say a lot i mean the the excitement about the basketball and i was moving up and and <clears throat> getting ready to do you know more tournament yeah. type games and they were you know there was a potential for me doing college okay. level ball yeah. and so that uh just not getting that was probably the bigger percentage percentage of it but yeah. then i do realize when i don't exercise 
I don't feel good. I yeah. get depressed. You know, when you're not, because it does produce endorphins. And uh, when I notice, like, if I'm sick or if I'm just, like, not feeling it that day and I don't exercise, mm. I, it just kind of brings me down further. Yeah. You know, mentally, you're not in the same place. I think I think mentally I am sharper, better when I'm exercising. Yeah, 100%. I was talking about this with some the other day of, like, um, it was like when you're engaging something on a regular basis, when that thing is taken away, like you are very aware of the response. Uh, the, the, oh, we were talking about church, and my, 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 what I, what I said was like when my wife and I, we, we've gone to church like every single week our entire lives, right. and when COVID hit. And we couldn't go. It was like an instantaneous, like, I'm quite aware of, like, how this feels to not be around people and having to do YouTube church. Mm -hmm. And so my statement was, it was, it was, um, it was a very noticeable change because it had been something we were used to for so long. And then, like, I compared that to, to exercise. It was like, if you've, if you're used to exercising and eating right for like an extended period of time, a week off of that is like this instantaneous awareness of how bad you feel not doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a difference in how bad someone feels from having done it for while well, I take that back. I think there is probably a bigger difference than how bad someone feels having done it for like, 20 years like if you have not exercised and have been eating poorly for like 20 years you feel bad you're just not aware of how bad you feel because it hasn't been this stark contrast it's been this gradual decline exactly you know and trying to convince someone i think of like now you're gonna feel a thousand times better sometimes that's difficult for them because the only instantaneous day that instantaneous change they feel is like the soreness or like being out of breath, the discomfort, you know, that kind of stuff. Lack of like, you know, eating whatever that food or drinking whatever that drink is that they really enjoy. Um, But I think that is a, um, that's an area that when you've been doing it, you become so aware of it so quickly. And that's something I noticed too. Um, At some point when I was off with the kids and, and not working outside the house. Um, I saw, I think it was probably at a McDonald's or a Chick-fil-A playground or something at one point, and I saw a grandmother, and she wasn't an old, old grandmother, but she was a grandmother chasing her kids around. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, I want to be that woman yeah. when I'm, you know, her age. I don't want to be the the other one that's sitting <laughs> over here that's just, you know, barely moving around and, you know, having trouble moving. It's like, yeah. I want to be the one chasing them. Yeah. And and I want to be active. I don't want to be sedentary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that kind of was in the back of my mind through that period as well. Yeah. Uh, so then once I did go back to work um, and I started eating better, and so first of all, I lost a ton of weight just watching what I was eating and just watching doing that. Then when I went back to work, I started going to a gym downtown. Okay, cool. Um, I got a personal trainer for three sessions yep. and helped me know, like, do some weights and figure out what to do with weights. Yeah, kind of like your first time being in a gym. Yes. And, like, doing weight training. Yes, okay. ever. Um, first time being in a gym, first time with a trainer. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I'm so I'm very subconscious about people watching me, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how to use the machines. Yeah. You know, and so he didn't – he walked me through more – 
free weights okay. because he says, you know, machines, you're trying to make one machine for everybody type, every size person, whatever. So free weights were better. So yeah. he kind of showed me things for free weights and then I took it and just ran with it. Um, so I was doing, I was feeling better. I was eating better, but then got stuck another point. Okay. So, um, pro- that was probably three to five months into being at the gym. Okay. And I'm at a Starbucks one day and there's a guy behind me in line and real fit. I keep looking at him thinking he looks familiar. I can't figure out where I know this guy, but he looks real familiar. Turns out he was on the P90X commercial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in Memphis? Yeah. Okay. He was a Shelby County deputy. So if okay. you go back and watch the old P90X commercial, they show a Shelby County deputy. And okay. I'm like, okay, so he really did lose all that weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually started doing the beach body stuff. Okay. After meeting him, I got into the 21-day fix and um, really loved that because of the containers. You mm-hmm. know, it taught me how to eat what I was needed to be eating because gotcha. I didn't have a nutritionist at the time. Um, and it was teaching me, and I was really, I was trying to eat healthy, but I was probably eating way too many fruits yeah, yeah. that I should have. So yeah. I was probably getting all that sugar that my body was going, whoa, way yeah. too much. Um, I, I remember watching a, uh, I think it was like one of those, like my 600 pound life or something like that. And the guy was like, I don't understand why I can't lose weight. I eat healthy. I eat oranges every day. The guy was like, you eat 50 oranges a day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, golly, that's a lot of sugar. Dude, just smashing oranges. But, <laughs> <laughs> but nobody tells you that they tell yeah. you eat fruits and vegetables. And if it's you're like, eating a ton of fruit. Okay, 50 oranges is better than 50 Snickers, but right. it's still a lot of fruit. <laughs> it's a lot of sugar. <laughs> it is a lot of sugar. And your body can't process yeah. that. But. So the P90, I, didn't, I have never done P90X. I'm not entirely from, I mean, I'm aware of it, but so it, it provided you with some nutritional guidance as well. It was the 21-day fix. Okay. So that's another that, one That's of the separate? Beachbody. Yeah, P90X okay. is Beachbody, but 21-day fix is also Beachbody. And that's okay. the one that I did that provided containers. So okay. I knew exactly what size size portion of fruit uh, to eat and what size portion of carbs. Oh, they so give you those like um we call like three three container meal things where it's like put your protein here, carb here. Yep. Ah, very cool. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yep. So so that also taught me that my carbs had to be a lot smaller than Yeah. <laughs> so you can't go to Caravas and have that big old plate of spaghetti. Yeah, all right. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, but that that helped. Were you I still mean, going to the gym or had you stopped did you start just doing the I stopped going to the gym while I did the 21 day fix. Okay. And then I kind of did a little of both for a bit. And then I, I gave up the gym membership and just stuck with, because 21 day fix helped a lot. Yeah. It really toned me up. What do you think the, um, what do you think the impact of the 21 day fix? Like why did it, why was it so successful? Was it combining the training with nutrition? Were you training more often? Cause it was at home. Like, all of the above? I think all of the above. Okay. It was seven days a week. It rotated better through upper body, lower body, cardio day, um, one day of upper and lower body, then a yoga day and a Pilates day. And so you kind of were where I was going to the gym doing the same yeah. things over and over. Yeah. Um, so was, part of it was just like having the guidance of like, yes. I'm going to, like you were, you had gone to the gym and said like, hey, I need some help. And the guy was like, here. Here's some ideas, but you just kind of like just kept doing that. The same, same thing over and it over. It was nice having like some type of guidance saying like, do this, do this, right. do, do that. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. And, and it rotated through different body 
yes yeah. each day. So it, it's it, so like having the trainer or being in the classes, we do different things, yeah. different days. Well, I was, I was trying to like think through what what about that was impactful, and I think it's from what I hear, kind of knowing it's it was just having a guide. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was uh, not a personal guide; it was a, a the guide through the through the program. Through the program. But the program was saying. Do this. Do, all right. you have to do is do what I tell you to do. Right. And that was the difference between like you going to the gym was like I'm have to make these decisions, mm-hmm. and and uh, doing that you didn't. And so at the gym you're like, you didn't have a framework for like how to change it up every day. It's just like, I'm gonna do what I'm used to doing, which is somewhat entertaining because like it's been forever since I've been to a commercial gym, mm-hmm. but like you'll see people who do the same routines. Every day right. for like decades, they don't change it. Yeah, and they don't change it don't, at all, and they don't think. And they're like, "Well, I got my routine." Like that's a, it's like it's a good thing. You're like that's a terrible you thing. You are working <laughs> the exact same muscles, and there's a lot I've noticed in CrossFit. There's a lot more muscles yeah. that you do when you're doing different things. I'm like, "Wow, that hurts today." And yeah, you know, it didn't hurt yesterday. Or, well, it's your body. Um, when it's given a new stimulus, it's forced to adapt to that different stimulus. But if you're just giving it the same stimulus over and over and over again, there's no adaptation that, that takes place. You're just basically maintaining. I, I think another big thing, well, the food was another big thing. Yeah. So learning what to eat and what portions. Yeah. So having nutritionists, you know, and having Jesse meet with me and saying, okay, let's change this up and yeah. let's do this. I think that is very helpful too. It's, a, it's critical because, you know, food is a big portion yeah. of it. What? But then I think the other thing that I think is really good. So in the gym, you go in and I get my heart rate up to maybe 140, 150. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to rest for a little bit. <laughs> and then I'll come back and yeah. I'll pick the weights up and maybe do something else. And then I'm going to rest for a little bit. Yeah. But you'd get, a, you know, with this 21 day fix was a 30 minute workout yeah. video or 20, you know, we've got their 24 minute wads yeah. or whatever. And you got to go, go, go that yeah. whole time. And you might t- stop and take a quick breath and get right back yeah. in it you're pushing yourself more yeah. than what you would if you just went and said, okay, I'm going to just do some weights. Yeah, you're, you're more willing to push yourself into that discomfort zone when mm-hmm. you've got something telling you go or someone yeah. telling you go, you got a little peer pressure going on. So um, I'll, I'll throw David under the bus here. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the gym with him a couple times, and he'll go lift some really heavy weights, and then he gets the phone out. Yeah, 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 on the phone, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes and do some more weights, and then that phone's out. And I'm like, I think that phone's out more than those weights are going. <laughs> yep, I've been there. Yeah, you know, that's the um, – it kind of all depends on, like, what your goals are. Right. But I do think – like coming from that kind of bodybuilding powerlifting background, it's like it it, it it you don't realize the gap in your fitness from only doing like weight sets that are ten to ten to sixty seconds within right. multiple breaks in between, and so you become same thing if you run like if all you do is you go and run like if you're like i, I go and run five mile, miles every day like the only thing you get good at is just like this continue cardiovascular aerobic output for 20 to 30 minutes if all you do is go to the gym lift weights like you get really good at this like 10 to 60 second output um and then taking a long break and but there's like s- this big giant gap in your fitness because you're not doing any of the other stuff. And then when you go do it, it's like, Oh my gosh, like I, I did terrible at that. That kicked mm-hmm. my butt. And it's like, that's a big gap. You're like, 
yeah, you work out every single day, but yet you can't maintain this output in this area. Right. And that's why, how you know, like there's a gap in your fitness there. But since everyone at the commercial gym uh, does that same thing, you don't, you're not quite aware of it. <laughs> how was the going from like, because how many days were you training at the gym by yourself? Like before you did the 90, the 21 um, day fix? So it was a gym downtown for work and I worked down there five days a week and I'd probably go three to four days. Okay. Yeah. So how is it going from like three to four days, to like seven days a week? Uh, because it was at home, it wasn't so, I mean, it was hard at first. Yeah. The cardio part, that was what I wasn't getting a lot of cardio and I'd go down to the gym and I'd get on the treadmill five minutes. I want it off, you know, <laughs> yeah. five minutes on the elliptical. I want off, yeah. but you know, I was doing cardio and that was, it was tough, but, um, it was, I had to really push myself, but once you made it through the whole 21 days, I mean, you could see progress. Yeah, so yeah. that was helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed training seven days yeah. a week. I mean, it, I also it imagine, felt better. Yeah. I also imagine having the nutrition to fuel it. Exactly. It made yeah. the big difference. And I think that's the, and I kind of go back and forth between like, What's the better strategy for people? Is it to like start small and build up or is it to just go all in? I mean, I think every person's a little bit different, but I mean, the nice thing about going all in and doing seven days a week is like, it's going to force you to get all your foundations built correct. Right. Cause like you can't maintain that if you're eating like crap and not sleeping well, like if you don't have all your recovery stuff in place, like you're not gonna be able to maintain that. Right. And so one of exactly. two things will happen. Like you'll either like push you to, to adjust and like get that stuff in order <laughs> Or you'll crash and burn. <laughs> so like, um, but yeah, I, I, I personally, uh, have gotten to the point where like, I used to train five days a week and then take off Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. But now like I'm, I do, it's not, I don't usually do like a CrossFit, uh, workout on Saturday or Sunday, but I'll do like a 20 minute swim. We'll go 20 minute, you know, bike with my kids. I may do like a, some type of aerobic, um, work and yoga. But I, I make myself do something every single day mm -hmm. because, again, like, just taking that one day off, I'm like, ah, I, I feel more lethargic. You miss something. I'm like, I just, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm lethargic. I don't have the same energy. My body hurts more. It's like the more, uh, it's like my body's basically like, dude, you're meant to move, buddy. Right. Like, get out there and do something. So, like, being aware of that, it, I've kind of realized, oh, if I don't move, I feel bad. I need to move. So uh, seven days a week is not seven days a week of hard training, but seven days a week of being physically active. Yeah. Seems to, to, to make me feel the best. And I'm actually doing now at least, well, I've been traveling a lot lately, but doing the six days at the gym yeah. and then day seven, um, of course my church, we are meeting at Malco. So we are okay. set up and take down. Oh yeah. So that's, so <laughs> I am unloading the trailer, loading the trailer, carrying stuff around all morning. So yes, <laughs> it's a that, lot of work. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Which Malco do y'all meet at? Uh, Collierville. Oh, okay. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you did the 21 day fix and then what mm -hmm. kind of happened after that? I kept going with it. Okay, I kept doing the. Yep. Did you keep repeating the twenty-one I just kept, days? Kept okay. doing it, yeah. yeah. Um, it and I did it for probably consistently. Uh, you know, and it, well, I got to the point where I would skip yoga day. Okay. I didn't like yoga, <laughs> <laughs> so I would skip yoga day, or I might do you know another Pilates instead of right. yoga or whatever. But but I kept doing it, and I stayed consistent for over a year, year and a half maybe, and then it just kind of got like 
I needed something else. I tried 21 Day Fix Extreme. Did that a little while. What that, makes it extreme? Woo. Um, harder workouts? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We were doing jumps with weights okay, and things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It was pl- uh, plyos. Okay. It was, it was harder um, workouts. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, did that for a little bit. And then, I, I, you know, I think your body gets to the point where if you're doing the same thing over and over and over, you're just... You're, yeah. you're stuck. You're you're not progressing. And if you did the twenty one day challenge, yeah, you're basically getting you you've done that workout. What is that? So there's seven different days, so three three times for each one. It's the same seven workouts. Yes. Well, so you're doing every workout so fifty two times in a year. Yeah. So you did yeah. So after fifty two times you're doing the same workout, you're like, okay, I've hit my plateau is as good as I might get at this one. So then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing, yeah, it's the same moves. You're not, you know, you know, you could increase weights, I guess. Um, but you know, for a home gym, how many different weights do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, so then what'd you do? Um, so last year, so now at my age, hit the big M, the big menopause. Okay. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know, something's not working. I'm eating the food right. I'm doing the 21 day fix. This was like last year you were doing this 21 day fix. Well, I mean, I've been doing it for ever since 2014, I think is when I started the 21 day fix. So I've been doing it, you know, and I, I wouldn't necessarily do seven days. I might do four or five. You did the same, the same Same. 21 day fix or the the extreme, the same workouts since 2014. Yeah. Okay. It's got old. Yeah, I mean, seven I liked, years. Yeah, I liked it, yeah, but yeah. It, like I said, it, I don't didn't feel like I was progressing. Gotcha. Yeah. And then I started going backwards because I, the food was still on. I'm doing the routines, but it I'm not getting the results that I used to get. Right. You know, I just it just wasn't happening because I got very good results for many years yeah. doing it. So started doing some research, um, seeing some things that maybe saying that in my age group menopause that you can overtrain. Mm-hmm. And so they were saying work out two days a week, do shorter workouts, then walk and do a ton of, you know, base, but started doing that. And all the walking was like an hour, hour and a half worth of walking. I'm like, this is boring. I don't want to <laughs> walk through the neighborhood and look at the same houses yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. for an hour, hour and a half. I mean, it's like, this is boring. <laughs> I would rather be lifting weights. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, I like lifting weights. Yeah. I like doing stuff like that. So when um, David was he was at Gen Fitness yeah. and then she did she was closing and going and they had the open house at MBS Fitness. I thought, well let me just go take a look and see what it was all about. Yeah. And of course we've gone through COVID, been at home, you know, I say by myself. David lives there, but you know, what twenty two, twenty three year old spends time with his mom. Yeah, right. Um, he's off doing his own thing. Yeah. I'm by myself. So I'm just sitting there, you know, go to this uh open house and they're talking about group classes and I'm seeing the free weights and med. So it's not machines, which are intimidating to me because I don't know how to do the machines, but I see the free weights and I'm like, I can do this. And then it's a group class. I'll have other people in here. I won't be by myself. I can do this. I can make myself get up and come to class. So that's when I joined this and I love it. Awesome. Cool. What is, um, okay. So talk to me kind of what your first impressions were of level method. Um, first impression when I came in, I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing CrossFit. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that was CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> well, and I think 
you know, to, to, to clarify that for people, it's like CrossFit is a brand and has a, um, and has a connotation to it that is different for every single person. Like, and I, it's, you know, um, what, what people kind of perceive of what CrossFit is, is all across the board. Cause I still feel like, do you your CrossFit gym? I was like, what's CrossFit? Sometimes I'll ask people. And like the answer they give me will be just all across right. the board. And so, um, you know, what the way kind of like I describe our group fitness, because we're technically not a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. You know, we, right. we, we, we don't pay for the brand name. Right. We stopped it. We stopped affiliating. And, and part of the reason was because we wanted to be able to provide people with, um, a kind of, we want to have a blank slate when we're talking to people. And so, like, what we say is that, you know, what we provide is guidance-based fitness. Uh, what is fitness? It is resistance to disease and dysfunction. And we do that by building up your capacity or your abilities across a bunch of different, um, or we build up your, we build up all your different capacities. So, that would be, like, strength, power, speed, mobility, flexibility, endurance, so on and so forth, right? And so, what the group class does is it says, we're actually going to develop real fitness, which is a little bit different than what a lot of people think of when they think of CrossFit, because um, a lot of times what other gyms do is they just throw a workout on the board. There's no real um, big picture plan, right? You know, there's not a, um, and that's kind of the, where that, are you and where you're going? Yeah, that's the difference between the level method versus like CrossFit. Is the level method says we're going to provide a map that helps assess your current fitness levels. We can we can 100% test you and say, here's how fit you are, right? Mm-hmm. And then we can go f- with from that map, we can say, okay, here's where you are. Here's where we suggest you go. Like, you and your coach can come up with a game plan of, like, well, now where do you want to improve? Like, right. here's your lowest level. This would be the area to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. And you actually have an objective measurement of how fit you are and, and with the progress that you've made. And that's, that's so much different than every other fitness thing on the planet is, um, is we can actually provide assessment and objective, um, objective, uh, analysis of like your progress. Right. Versus just going, like, if you just, like we talked about, like, if you just go to the gym and do the same routine all the time, you don't know where you are if you're getting any better. And I don't know how far I can go yeah. because, for instance, yesterday was front squats. I leveled up to 100, which yeah. if I was in a gym by myself and then I don't see anybody else in there and, and don't have that kind of a level method map, I'd be like, oh, wow, I did 100 pounds. Yeah, yeah. That's great. But I'm in there watching Jen yeah, yeah. do 170 or whatever yeah, yeah. she was doing, and I'm like, Okay, I got a I got a ways to go. Yeah. I can I can get up to yeah. that because I would have thought maybe add another ten or maybe add another twenty. No, she's doing one hundred seventy. I got a roadmap now. I'm like, <laughs> right, I, yeah. I got to catch up. Very cool. So, but that's what the level method it shows you. You know, wow, I'm at orange one right yep. now, so I need to move my way. This is what I need to do to get to blue. Right, and and I start working towards that, and I know, hey, I see other women in this gym doing purple. So yeah, it's attainable. Yeah. I can do it. It's just I've got to work my way to it. Yeah. And I wouldn't know that being at a gym by myself lifting weights yeah. or or even, you know, just even doing like a regular 
CrossFit, unless you have, like I said, someone you can watch, someone you can, you know, follow, and then that map of yeah. where am I, where am I going? Yeah. And, you know, let me take my baby steps to get there. Yeah, it's got all the, like, it's got all the pieces in it that, that leads to success. So part of it, <clears throat> part of it is the guidance. So that's uh, not only the guidance in having a workout routine to do that day. So like that we talked about with the uh, 21 day fix is like you had a routine to follow right. that day. Like right. that's the beauty of having the programming is like, you're not going to the gym and figuring, figuring it out on your own. Right. So there's a, there's guidance in that area. There's also guidance from the coaching standpoint. Someone is going to be there to, um, uh, correct your technique yes. to encourage you along the way to help guide you towards better fitness decisions. Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe let's not do that movement today. Let's change it out for this one. Mm -hmm. Or, Hey, I know you can, I know this list is that, but I, I know you can do the harder movement. Let's go ahead and push it today. So you get the guidance part, you get the accountability part, which is, uh, if you don't show up, someone's reaching out to you, but then also like you've got the community, whereas you've got people to go and train with and high five and, and, um, who will also be like, where you been? I haven't seen you. Mm -hmm. you and get a little, encouraging you, encourage you along the way. You yeah. got a little bit of the competition. Yep. Hey, I know that's the other person who's orange with me. <laughs> and that's the kind of like, everyone's got that person in class that you're like, I know we're on the same level. Sometimes they're not even in class. I go to the. They go to the five o'clock class and you've, right. you've never met them before. They go to Cordova and exactly. you've never met them before, but you know that you're like, man, we're like always neck and neck. So like, we're going to you know, have a little, I'm going to push myself. I'm mm -hmm. going to compete. And then you also have just the, uh, the measurement standpoint. I think it's good for people to have data. You need to know, like, you know, is what you're doing working mm -hmm. or is it not working? So you can make an adjustment. That's where the data comes in and from the, from the map. Um, and then on your daily workouts, you can see like, I am 100% getting better. Like when you level right. up, you can put your hand in the air and say like, I know this worked cause I right. got, I did a better, I did more, I did more right. reps. I, I leveled up. I know for sure I got more fit. Yeah. And I think the, um, the, the, having the coaches, uh, correct your technique mm -hmm. is, I mean that for me, that's very important because you know, the, the horror stories you hear about CrossFit, yep. you'll throw your back out, whatever. Well, no, not when the coaches are walking around saying, okay, nope, you're, you've got to lean back and pull your shoulders back. And they're walking you through all those things and making sure you're doing it right. Yeah. So, I, you know, all those horror stories I heard in the past, I don't know if those people didn't have coaches that were helping, but, at, you know, at, at MBS, they're always watching you and they're always correcting you and making sure, you know, you're, you're doing it correctly. Right. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to, like, like, the way traditional CrossFit gyms would work was they would put a, what was called an RX on the board, which would be, like, this is the workout. So the workout may be, let's take Monday's workout. Or, sorry, Tuesday's workout. It would have been work up to a one rep max on front squat. Mm -hmm. And then after that would have been 21.59, thrusters with 115, and 200-meter run. That would just been on the board, that one workout. And then it would be up to you as an individual to like make the proper adjustment or like you and a coach to try to like make the proper adjustment to keep yourself from, from uh, doing too much. But like that's not an appropriate workout for most people, mm -hmm. you know? So what would happen is either that person 
ego would push them to to do the workout that's a little too hard for them. Um, and they would struggle to maintain technique and then they would get hurt or they would be introduced to the class through that process. It would just be like, Hey, tomorrow's your first class. Good luck. Right. So they had never got any one-on-one individual coaching of technique. Mm -hmm. So like one of the reasons we do the kickstarters is like, we want to make sure you have good technique before you get in the class. Like we want one coach, one client, one-on-one watching technique and instructing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the class, by doing by doing the levels, once we've tested you, now you know you're doing the appropriate workout for your level. Now the coach has an opportunity an opportunity within class to give you technique feedback so that you're that so that you're doing it properly and, and not risking injury. I mean the reality is is like you're gonna get hurt. I mean I, at some point you're gonna get hurt. Most of those are gonna be minor injuries. I call them boo boos. <laughs> you, know, you might have a, you might have your back might, might tighten up and be like, ah, kind of hurts today. Mm-hmm. You might have a little muscle strain, you know, you might miss a box and catch your shin. You know, that's just, if you do it at a, at, at a high enough level for enough time, like you're pushing your body's physiological limits to get better. Like you're going to have boo-boos. Boo-boos right. are different than injuries. Injury is getting in a car wreck and shattering your femur, right? Right. You know, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, uh, blowing a disc out you know, mm-hmm. and, and having nerve pain that keeps you from being able to walk. Those we are trying to prevent at all, at all costs, right? right. <laughs> you know, those are the, and if you're doing it right, you should never get injured. And that's the reality. If you're doing it right, you should never have any major injury unless you are just really pushing your absolute limits. Like mm-hmm. if you're, once you get up into the higher levels, you know, and you're trying to go from black to red or red one to red five, yeah, yeah, there's a reality like you may get, injured sometime over a a training career but uh for the most part like the safest thing you can do is exercise right because 100 percent you're gonna get hurt and injured if you don't exercise (laughs) there's a hundred percent chance you're gonna hurt if you don't exercise I mean, I know people that don't exercise, and they're all kinds of aches and pains. Yeah, they're and, jacked up, yeah. big time. So, okay, so, um, so you are in your coming up on your seventh month or six months, yeah. February, February, end of, yeah, in yeah. February. So, yeah, so you're finishing out your sixth month. Mm-hmm. What kind of your biggest accomplishment? What, what, what are you most proud of doing over that six month period? Um, I box ah, I, That was yeah. the biggest fear. I was like looking at that box, thinking, "Oh my." gosh, what's going to happen if I don't get up here? <laughs> so that was probably, you know, that I would, for a while I jumped, not too long. I mean, I would jump stack plates up beside the box. Right. And I had the box there, yeah, yeah. but I was jumping. I was like, okay, how high am I getting? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, somebody I'm just close. tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I high enough? So that was, that's probably my big, um, the big one. And then, you know, some of these heavier weights. I'm yeah. not, I mean, I never did any of the, even in the gym, I wasn't, you know, doing the weights that I'm doing now. So I'm yeah. proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the running, my running's gotten better even. Yeah. Um, I've noticed quickly, but uh, my biggest thing, I think so in gymnastics, so okay. that was my big complaint. Remember I started too late, never learned how to do a kip. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. But I'm going to get a kip yeah. soon. I'm still building my way up to it and had to 
work through a little bit of a shoulder setback. Yeah. But, but I'm already working on like, you know, doing a proper pull up and, yeah. and the, you know, engaging the lats and all that, that nobody ever taught me before. Right. I never knew about engaging the lats. So I was never going to be able to do a kip or a pull up yeah. or anything because I had no one taught me. Yeah. So that to me, that's my uh, the biggest excitement, I guess. And I hadn't quite made it there yet, yeah. but, but I'm working on that. But you, you, you can see the light in the tunnel. You're like, yes. I know I'm going to be able to do it. Like, it's just, I'm just chipping away. And then one day I'm going to do it. I'm like, yeah, got it. I've already seen improvement <laughs> yeah. just in what I've been doing. So. I, I think the, uh, I think there's something powerful about gymnastics, especially, uh, I'm not gonna say older people, but like anyone over 30 or 20, really. I'm like, mm-hmm. little, all little kids are good at gymnastics. Why can they just move their body freely? Right. You know, like every five year old and under can do tumbles and they can jump well, they don't and weigh much. Yeah, they don't, make, they don't weigh anything. But the ability, like <clears throat> g- gymnastics, the ability to control your body through space, mm-hmm. I think when, when, when you, are seeing improvements and have a high capacity for that, like throughout your entirety of life, like it builds a, a, an extreme confidence that allows you to take on life and, and do things where a lot of people are fearful, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, because they, they don't ever practice that. Like they're, they're never moving their body properly through space. So they're just sitting in a chair all day or sitting on the couch or, you know, they're always in the seated position. They're never, they're never coordinating that movement. And so like when they come face to face with that, they're like fearful. Right. Like, ah, I'm scared. I'm just going to get, get hurt. But, um, but like, like you said, like the box jump. Yeah. <laughs> but having like practiced it, like you could go to a playground with your grandkids and like, you know, I like, you want to look at that playground as like an off limits. Like, ugh. I'm scared to do this. You would see it as a child would see it. I'm like, cool. Like, there's like cool stuff we could do from this. Let's play. Hang on the monkey bars. Yeah. Like, you maintain that youth because you're like, I see the world as an opportunity for play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's like super impactful. Have you felt, have you felt like a carryover or what's been the carryover to just general life from like improving the strength or improving the, the, the uh, gymnastics and whatnot? Um, so I ride dirt bikes. Ah. I had, Two boys. So they got me <laughs> yeah, into the dirt bikes. Yeah. Um, and I have definitely noticed. So a lot of, some of the women that I rode with before in the past, they were, um, th- several of them down in the Tupelo area do CrossFit. Okay, very cool. And we'll go ride and we'll, they'll stop. You know, they're usually in front and I'm usually in the back because they've been riding longer than me. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll stop and they're like, you need a break? And I'm like, yes, Yeah. I need a break. And they're just, yeah. they're fine. They're fine. I'm like, how do y'all do this and yeah. not get winded? And the last time I went and rode um, up at Loretta's, so that was in April, uh, my um, stamina was way higher. I didn't get winded like I did before. Upper body strength, yeah. I could tell. So normally the bike, you know, it's going to wobble a little bit. I might have to get a foot down to keep from going down, but I was able to, you know, to yeah. hold on to it with the, the steering and manage to get myself out of some stuff with, just that upper body strength. Yeah. So I could tell a big difference. I bet. Just that last time riding. That, and that's huge. I mean, I think that's the, that's the, um, the benefit that a lot of people don't quite understand is like, y- you can take all these things that you do in the gym and then go apply it like outside, like significantly. Right. You know, it's like you're, 
you're basically opening your opening your your potential for like life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you want to go ride dirt bikes? Yeah, cool. Let's go do it. Like I feel confident in my body. You know, I feel like I can, I can knock this out. Or yeah, that's awesome. I, I can imagine like the strength improvement specifically because you're you know hand like a heavy bike. Yeah. Under tension the whole time. Yeah. You know, so I imagine that's a, a pretty big Somebody, carryover. Somebody uh, described it to me, and I never thought about it this before. But the guys are handling a bike that's their weight. Yeah, I'm handling a bike that's about twice my weight. Right, and I'm like, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, how much does so, a dirt bike weigh? Uh, it's about two fifty. Okay, yeah, yeah, for a four stroke. Gotcha. Four stroke. So those other ladies that I ride with ride two strokes, and they're probably. I don't know, 175 to 220, somewhere in that range. The two-stroke's a little lighter than yeah. the, the four-stroke. Yeah. Okay. What's the difference between a two-stroke and a four-stroke? Uh, cylinder. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, the... Like, I, but, like, what's the... The handle. Two-strokes, I think, are snappier, and they okay. get on the power more, but there's a, a power band, and so once you hit the power band, it could take off with you, and so I've been... Gotcha. Little fra- I'm more of the risk manager. I'm like, no, nah, I think I'll stay away from two-stroke. I'll stick with four-stroke. Okay. It's, more, it's more steady power. Gotcha. More consistent, you know? steady versus like you're hitting that. Yes. That it can get away from you quick right. if you're not. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've, I've heard that, but I was like, I don't know what the difference between that is. Okay. Cool. What, um, what do you have on the horizon? Like what's, now that you've kind of gotten into it, what are you now going like, okay, here's the next thing I want to do. You talked a little bit about hitting the kipping pull-up. Yep. Or a strict pull-up. Or a strict pull-up. I want, so yep. I want a strict pull-up for one. And that's something that, you know, you talk about people outside of CrossFit. I've had actually two people now say, well, CrossFit, they don't really do real, pull, you know, pull-ups the right way. I'm like, well, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, I've seen them, you know, you especially strap a belt yeah. on with a kettlebell and do a strict pull-up. Yeah. I said, we do strict pull-ups. So there's that you know, mentality that we're not doing them right. But so pull up is one. Um, and I would think, you know, you know, some just getting my deadlifting okay. stuff. So I did have back injury years and years ago. Um, that's another story too. So I went to ortho and he was saying, well, just, you need to work out and you need to strengthen your abs. And I'm like, just fix my back. <laughs> and he says, well, you need to work out and strengthen your abs. I'm like, at that point I didn't do any workout, but yeah. I'm, like, I'm not a weak person person i have good abs yeah. and he was like you need to work out <laughs> so after doing all the 21 day fix and being in the gym and i noticed my back didn't yeah you're like okay much. doc maybe yeah, you're on to so, something <laughs> i did actually run into him in the airport and i was like well you were right <laughs> <laughs> well at least you had a doctor that told i mean like the fact that you had a doctor that said you need to work out after you had a back injury. Right. Exactly. That's what he told me. You had a good doctor because a lot of doctors were like, no, don't work out. Stop yeah. exercising. Never deadlift again. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty funny. But, but it is true. You build your abs up and that deadlifting, you're working on your abs too when yeah. you're deadlifting. And I do notice that when my when I'm working out, I can lift things, Do I can stand for longer periods of yeah. time. My back, my lower back doesn't hurt. Yeah. When I stop working out, I can tell it. I, I'll be sore all the yeah. time. I'll wake up sore. Yeah. Just yeah, constantly. you're just building that ability to just, you know, brace and transfer force and mm-hmm. and hold yourself in the, in the proper position. Right. Um, yeah, the, so here's another good example. So we kind of talk about, like, what people perceive CrossFit to be. 
as you'll see people doing kipping pull-ups. And to their credit, a lot of CrossFit gyms screw up by putting that on the board and saying, "There's there it is. And you see these people doing kipping pull-ups. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to do kipping pull-ups. And there are people who can do kipping pull-ups and not do a strict pull-up. The problem is, is like that's not the proper progression. Uh, you need to be able to control your body through space like we talked about. That's what we call gymnastics. And you need to have control over that by being able to do proper pull-ups. Right. And when I try to tell people, like, you need to be able to do a pull-up your whole life. So you should, that's something you should put on your, on like your radar is like, this is something I need to build up and then maintain. And then the way the level method works is that we say, um, we say until you can do X number of proper pull-ups, we're not going to let you kip. Mm-hmm. right? Because right. we want you to make sure that you're doing it safely. Like if you can't control your body weight and pull it over a bar, we probably shouldn't be doing that in a dynamic, like explosive fashion. Exactly. And so that's a little bit of that safety measure. It's like, yeah, if you walked into a normal CrossFit gym, they might let you do kipping pull-ups before you're ready and you could get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just, we're like, we're not gonna let you do that. Uh, we're gonna make sure you can do the proper pull-ups first. And then you're gonna be that much better at the kipping pull-up. Right. But the other thing I think people, like the way I describe it to people when they say, and I'll, I'll say this, I was one of those people who like made fun of the kipping pull-up until I actually understood it. Mm-hmm. And the difference is what a kip is, it is utilizing your entire body in a coordinated athletic explosive movement to drive your body up and down on a pull-up bar. <clears throat> it is utilized all the time in gymnastics. The funny thing is, is like no one ever tells a gymnast like, ah, you didn't do a proper pull-up. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Just walk up there and pull it from there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like you see these gymnasts do this very fluid kipping muscle up. Right. And that's what they're, they're doing, a kipping pull-up or kipping muscle-up to get on top of a bar to do the uneven bars. Like, right. it happens all the time. They just are so <laughs> majestically <Yes>. coordinated <laughs> that you're just, like, in awe. And they're stringing it in. They're stringing that into multiple other movements. But right. they're learning the kip. And, um, and, like, all we're doing is taking a gymnastics movement we're building a strength foundation then taking a gymnastics movement teaching that so that people can have a higher uh, work output at the end of the day. So the idea is like the better you are at strict pull-ups, the better you're going to be at kipping pull-ups, which means you're going to have a greater work capacity. And so in along that line, it's like, we're still training both. Like it's not like once you can do, a strict pull-up, you should never do strict pull-ups. You know, right. that's why we, we you need to build that, like, vertical pulling motion. That's why we yeah. keep it in there. We build both, right? We're building vertical pulling strength by doing the strict pull-up, and then we're building um, that gymnastic skill, that dynamic upper body pull by teaching the kip. Uh, and the, the, the beautiful part about the kip, well, one of the things that I, I kind of learned along the way was is this not just a, it's not just like a floppy pull up. Um, it takes so much full body coordination to be able to do it correctly. Right. So like the way it, like I was telling Brian today, cause we were doing the toes to bar 
And I was like, Brian, don't, you have to understand that like everything that we do from a bar that we do as a kip is coming from the top of the abs to the bottom of the toes. Mm -hmm. You're thinking too much about the upper body. I'm like, you need to learn to be rigid and let all this do the work. And he, uh, I expected it a little bit more in depth, but anyways, he, he went from, from doing it to do about three or four. To like he instantly did 10. Oh, wow. he was like that, that easy. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I'm telling you. Like when you learn, when you learn to make it a gymnastic move, it's not a, it's just not a floppy toes to bar. Right. Like you learn to make it a gymnastics move, which is a full body coordinated, you know, it's full body coordination. Like you get so much better at it. Well, that, that's why I like the instruction, too. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, negative prones yeah. is what the level that I was on. And I was trying to do a negative prone. And I would just get my chin up there, and I would just drop. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand why, and I'm just dropping. Yeah. And I mentioned it to David, and David's like, Mom, you got to engage your lats. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? Show me what you're talking about. So, I did it, and then I let myself down. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That was easy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just just understanding what the movement is, yeah. it, it helped. A hundred percent. And then, so having the instruction is, you know, is key yeah. to getting the movements down. Well, and like that's like the the interesting thing about that instruction is how long would you have to have played around with that till you figured it out on your own? Right. A long time. A long time, right? <laughs> So like I always say like coach coaches are like time machines. Mm -hmm. It's like like someone figured this out. You, you can take as much time as they did to figure it out, or they could just tell you, right? <laughs> you know, and like like uh, that's why I you know that's why I use coaching. It's why I encourage coaching so much. Is like I'm like hey my my time is way too important. Like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna sit here and like flail around and try to figure this stuff out on my own. Um, to save a few bucks when like the most important thing to me is like reaching the goal. And right. it's like, if I have a, if I have a, uh, an option between reaching the goal literally like next week or in two years, I'll get take next week. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, it just, cause like if someone, um, if someone can, can go, Oh yeah, here's just these two little tips and tricks that, that you just mm -hmm. don't aren't aware of that I can tell you to, to instantly fix it. I'm like, well, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Plus it also helps when the coaches to remind you of those things, yeah. you know, as you're doing the movements, don't forget you're supposed to engage yeah. the core. Yeah. You're supposed to engage the lat. you know, they, they walk you through it. So you remember each time and you don't just get up there and forget. And yeah. Struggle and not be able to do it the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. I think that's the, um, a good process for getting better is like to be introduced to whatever those techniques and cues are mm -hmm. in a, in like a non-competitive state. Right. I mean, like there, there, that's the difference between like training and like competing. Mm -hmm. So, and you have an option to do kind of both in the class. Right. And if you're on that edge of like, I'm trying to learn this movement, it may be more beneficial for you to slow down the workout a little bit. It's just like exactly. today my goal is not to win. Today my goal is to get better. And that's that's mm -hmm. what training is. And so sometimes that's like taking a step back, being aware of the cues, focusing on the cues, focusing on the quality of movement mm -hmm. and getting better at it versus 
saying like I'm just pushing it to the edge. And so like it is hard to do, especially for competitive people. <laughs> as I point to myself. Uh, so like one thing I'll do is like if it's a workout that like a good example, Monday. Monday was muscle ups and like muscle ups is something I can do, but it's not like in my wheelhouse. And I was like, today I really want to focus on doing good quality movement. So I was like, I forced myself to not look at the leaderboard before I did the workout. I was like, I don't want to be influenced, but like, right. I was like the goal's 12. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know I can do 12 rounds. So I was like, I'm just going to do 12 rounds. I did 12 plus three. So. Right. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm in here to do 12 rounds so I can focus on this movement. Because otherwise, what I would have ended up doing is like pushed it too hard on the front end, too fatigued on the back end to focus on good movement. And guess what? Bad movement doesn't get you better. Right. You know, good quality movement executed over and over and over again solidifies that technique, you know, in your repertoire so that eventually you don't have to think about good movement. But when you're talking about new new movement you have to work it in a non-fatigue state yeah Yeah, so uh debbie just wrap this up any final words of encouragement to anyone what would you say to someone what would you say to a peer who's maybe struggling with their weight or struggling with their their confidence or something like that oh i would definitely say come to mbs because not just you know the weight you're getting the nutrition coaching so you know exactly what you're doing and they'll tweak you know figure out what's working what's not working tweak it for you for your lifestyle too. I mean, like, you know, Jessica's like, can you handle eating every couple hours? Can you do that? And we figure out a plan. So eating right is key. So that's helpful. But just the group classes and having the, you know, not being on your own, not trying to do things on your own by yourself, having that, um, you know, progression, you know where you're at, you know exactly what you need to do to get to the next level and you have everybody cheering you on. I can't tell you how many times I heard my name this morning when yeah. we were working out and they were saying, go Debbie, yeah. you know, and everybody's, you know, cheering each other on and encouraging each other, motivating. So you really have that community that they're there to, to build you up and support you. Nobody, I've not had one negative experience at all with anybody in any of the classes. Everybody's always just positive, encouraging, trying to push you, even though, they're trying to push themselves too. They're still trying to push you. Yeah. You know, they're focused on everyone else, not just themselves. That's awesome. All right, Debbie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. All right, Appreciate MBS it. Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.